Today's episode is very simple yet quite interesting. The topic is something we all know about, but we just never think about exploring it in such vivid detail. This is going to be somewhat of a two-part episode and I'm branching this into two because I want to dive a little bit deep into both the topics and fill this piece with a lot of theories and hypotheses. Absolutely love this. I'm so pumped right now. Let's go. Roll the intro. Can. Your gateway into the world of financial freedom. So, a government needs money to fund its services, to push economic growth to some extent, and they're used for things like public safety or infrastructure or national defense or to pay for services markets might not pay on their own. We'll explore all of that in the later part of this episode. So who funds the government? Of course, the noble, hard-working citizens of the country. We all pay taxes, be it income taxes or taxes on goods and services. It's a frenzy out there. Uh, luxury taxes, sin taxes, fat taxes, sugar taxes, carbon taxes, gasoline taxes, and whatever they could potentially tax, they did. But what do governments do if they fail to meet their monetary demand via tax collection? An extremely simplified answer would be that they take on debt which they later repay. And this debt can be through a variety of instances, be it bonds or short-term borrowings. We will discuss that part in next week's episode. Today's episode is all about taxes. No, not explaining income tax or something. We are going to take a step further and assess or hypothesize if we actually need taxes and if so, what are some alternatives to the way it is implemented and thereby we will conclude if we actually need them or not. Get ready for a lot of mind bending. See, it is safe to say that taxes are an unpleasant reality for all of us, a burden if I may. We try to minimize it and forget about it but taxes are one of the most fundamental building blocks of any economy. Taxes can effectively make or break society. And that fact about it, it's not even new. Income taxes are somewhat new, but taxes have been here for a long time. The first record of organized taxation comes from Egypt, around 3000 BC. They even had tax collectors and tax shelters. Ancient Mesopotamians also paid taxes in the form of labor or livestock. Even taxation and tax collection show up over and over in the Bible and tax collectors were considered sinners right up with prostitutes. You can basically see that taxes are kind of a subscription we pay to live in a civilized society. But we do not pay that out of our civic sense or nationalistic pride. We simply do that because we do not want to be in prison. Just for basics, also know that taxes can be classified as a way of wealth distribution, to distribute wealth. And just for the sake of that, generally, there are three types of taxes. Regressive taxes, progressive taxes, and flat taxes. Regressive taxes are basically taxes that are equally paid by anyone and everyone across the board in the same amount. These are mostly levied on essential items and thus are considered to be somewhat more of a tool on low-income earners because it takes a larger chunk of their total wealth than a person who is richer than them. 
progressive taxes are the opposite of it. They charge a higher tax percentage on the high income earners and find a way to redistribute it back to the other end of the spectrum. That is necessarily not the case, but that is somewhat of the case most of the times. The third type of taxes are flat taxes. These are essentially taxes that are paid at an equal percentage by anyone, not in the actual amount, but as the percentage. Like if you spend $30,000, a 10% flat tax would mean you'd pay $3,000 in tax. And if you spend $3,000, the 10% flat tax would mean you would pay $300 in tax. This sounds fairer compared to the other two, but this method also has its fair share of problems which apply to the greater economy. We will not get into that today. So basically, we pay the government to fund certain aspects of society and to bolster economic growth via taxes, we get the basics. Now we come to the important question. Do we actually need taxes? Well, maybe not. They serve a very vital role in functioning societies, yes. But what if there were alternatives? We will talk about those, although with full clarification that this is kind of a juicy research paper of sorts, nothing that I personally endorse. That being said, certain political ideologies or economic schools of thought advocate for lower taxes and lower government spending, while some advocate for the opposite. We'll get to that at the very end of this episode, with an example. But in either of those cases, taxes would still exist. What if it took taxes, entirely, out of the equation? Does any such nation exist? Well, yes, but with a few catches. The UAE, for example, has no income tax or let's say Monaco or Singapore. They do not have income taxes, mind you, but they do have taxes. Tax implemented on goods or services. In the case of Monaco, most of the government revenues still come from taxes, but being mostly paid by tourists who buy goods and services in the country. In the case of Singapore, they do have income taxes, but those are extremely low. What Singapore does is levy taxes specific to things that require government expenditure. Cars, for example. There is no road tax in Singapore, but the government needs to fund the construction of roads, highways, and other infrastructure, right? How do they do it? They put a significant percentage of tax on any vehicle purchased. Cars in general cost about four to five times more than their US price in Singapore because of this. And that, dramatically reduces the number of vehicles on road, which is kind of a good thing for such a small nation. You can assume that only the people who actually need a car are going to buy them, wherein the government can fill in the gap by making public transport more accessible. This sounds very fair. You pay for something more if you use it more. Whatever this is, there is still a functioning government and there are still taxes and we cannot really derive a concrete answer if we need taxes from this or not. We would rather tend towards the other end of the spectrum upon hearing all these. So at the end of the day, as we will explore in next week's episode, the government essentially prints money and keeps the demand of the currency high enough so that it is recuperated in the form of taxes from the citizens. So what if we let both of those notions go? What if? We lived in a world without government, 
and without taxes i present to you a very interesting case study in the world of economics anarcho capitalism anarcho capitalism or free market anarchism is an economic theory that advocates for the complete abolition of government influence in an economy and including all factors like law enforcement courts national defense whatever it may be everything is privately owned here be it schools or hospitals or roads the idea is that the private enterprises would replace the publicly provided goods and services and the incentive to turn a profit would encourage these services to become more competitive and thereby deliver a greater net value to society the first thing that all of that does is eliminate taxes completely no government means no governmental taxes these societies have these societies have actually existed on and off throughout history especially during medieval times these were intermediary places between two big cities and these were called free cities they were run solely by merchants and driven only and only by profit people would pay for whatever they actually purchased that does sound kind of good you can't deny it but there are a lot of other derivatives at play firstly we would go over some advantages of such a society which surprisingly are a few considering how bizarre this whole idea is so first off there would be no central planning in such a society people and markets will quite literally be the only factors shaping society which is a positive thing secondly as i said no individual would have to pay for anything they do not own they exclusively pay for whatever goods and services they require and they could be confident that they are getting it at the best possible price because of the imminent competition pertaining in such a society that being said another advantage of such a society would be safety it should be considerably safer than present societies since an anarcho capitalist society will get rid of the dependence individuals have upon the ever present state to provide shelter protection success in every turn individuals would understand how they are the catalyst that creates positive outcomes rather than a dependence on the state created circumstances for example it would also create a network of individuals who will voluntarily take care of one another rather than to be forced or coerced by taxes or regulations that goodwill and opportunity to voluntarily serve others is another pro all that sounds really dreamy and good but now we come to the actual drawbacks of such a society firstly let's start with a very cold hard truth a free market economy rewards people based on their contribution to society so that makes life very hard for people who were born disabled or became disabled during the lifetime that is already hard in our present society it will be taken to the extreme in an anarcho capitalist one since everything is driven by the inherent motive to turn a profit disabled individuals would suffer the most someone who is born with or develops a disability will technically not be able to acquire enough to pay for their shelter and food and would just die as rough as that sounds that is a major flaw of such a society but according to its flag holders they have a solution and that being insurance insurance is essentially social security and it would be one of the building blocks of a free market anarchist society 
This is mostly beneficial for the people who would rather develop a disability later on in their life rather than being born with one. Let's say if the person gets in an accident and loses the ability to walk. In that case, the insurance company is to provide monthly remunerations to the person considering that they paid for the insurance during the time they actually worked. See, this whole insurance thing is is kind of a half-hearted solution, but it is still effective nonetheless. The second major problem in such a society would be the judicial system. Not having a centralized nature, the judicial system is going to be a problem in the making. There must be a system of law, but only one that is decentralized with no offices of power, which is much harder to design and implement. Another drawback of such a society would be its nature to need constant maintenance. Similar to any society, there will still be constant maintenance needed to keep things running in a similar fashion. The active minority of anarcho-capitalists would need to be vocal and persuasive to those who don't understand or agree with property or liberty as principles. What would such a society need to maintain? It would need to maintain education of the principles upon which society is based and the education of the consequences desired which the society provides. This would be the key to an anarcho-capitalist society existing. Lastly, another problem that I would like to focus on would be indiscriminate goods. Take street lights for example. This, this is a very interesting uh, topic. Street lights provides us with light whenever, wherever we are on the road. It's just there. It is fairly important to us. We just do not appreciate it enough. It would be really hard to provide street lamps in a purely profit-driven society. You really just cannot stop a person from using a street light because they did not pay for it. And since there is no profit motive, no one would build or repair existing ones either. This kind of a society thus has to go without goods that provide a tangible benefit. If you were to scale this very same issue, it would be with let's say national defense and emergency services, which we do rely upon a lot, the police force for example. Also another drawback would be pollution. There would be just no stopping a corporation from dumping harmful waste into the water, thus polluting an entire town. For example, the regulation of which set upon by governments is often overlooked. See, all the above stated problems in such a society can be avoided, but that would be at the cost of setting up a subscription fee for individuals who would have to pay for their services. And thus, brings me back to the basics again. Isn't that just another form of tax? As much as you hate taxes, it should be really clear to you at this point that we need them. And we need a properly functioning government too. It all boils down to the fact that most goods and services are best delivered by a corporation in order to turn a profit. It is also essential to understand that some goods and services are best delivered by the government which is simply looking to retain power. And that is a good thing for us. The debate therein lies at the point where one should draw the line between business and government. But one thing is for sure that that line exists nowhere in the two extremes. You know, while we are concluding that, I just want to brush up on this topic in a concluding note that 
being where in the first part of the episode i said i would talk more about the government spending in more taxes or less government spending and fewer taxes part yeah here is kind of my opinion on it as much as i hate to say it both of them are important but it very much depends on the circumstance i will elucidate on this with an example so the trump administration proposed and implemented tax cuts in the year 2018 tax cuts in its core sense boost economy if you listen to my last episode and you already know how it affects the inequality or the trickle down situation i'll not get into that in detail but if you want to you can just listen to my last episode and see there is no denying that it boosts the overall production in economy thus making it richer now to understand the circumstance part we will have to look at the economy of the united states in 2018 it was growing at a pretty steady pace which was later fueled by abrupt growth in 2019 then 2020 happened covid hit the government changed hands and now we have biden in the office what he is effectively doing is reversing whatever cuts trump offered and taking it one step further by increasing the taxes to fund other government projects here is the problem with that right now just when businesses overall are reopening and getting back on track this has to affect the economy negatively unlike tax reductions tax increments are just opposite they just kind of reset the ongoing activities and halt an economy temporarily in my personal opinion this was a really bad move especially after the pandemic and so were the trump cuts of 2018 both unnecessary and incorrect times just because of political agendas i think had the instances been reversed they would be at a much overall better state right now so what then taxes are important in a functioning society no one likes paying them you can urge for better taxes you can urge for smarter taxes but there is no denying they are important after analyzing the whole anarcho capitalism perspective It should also be pretty clear to you that no extreme of the spectrum is an alternative to this either. Finding the balance is where the prosperity of the nation lies. It all boils down to your favor of politics whether you would incur more taxes or less, but the thing is taxes, yeah, they will be around whether you like it or not. We will perhaps make a later episode dissecting the various types of taxes, but as of now, Tune in next week for a detailed episode on government debt where we explore another very interesting topic and perhaps very controversial too the modern monetary policy Thank you so much for listening if you made it till here I hope you could understand the basic pillars of taxation in our society I would also ask you to follow me on Instagram because I make weekly posts there explaining basic economic fundamentals My ID is Neogi Spandan that's N E O G Y S P A N D A N Thank you so much See you in the next episode then Bye have a great day